It's like uh, me every time I turn on the news today or go anywhere in society. It's uh, Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I uh, don't know of any greater statement of the state of America today than Ron Burgundy. And uh, I, it was funny is when I was in ministry, um, you know, 20 years, one of the things I learned to do was... Uh, look for frustrations, look for areas that people were frustrated. And oftentimes what I would find was this really unique coupling of an area that a person was frustrated in and it would be coupled by an area that they were excellent. I remember one guy that came up to me very frustrated about the way I ran the worship team and just came up with some good ideas and he was an excellent worshiper and uh, a great musician and uh and I learned, like, well, he's got a frustration. He's got an area of excellence that work together. What is God trying to use him? Because a lot of times God will place a frustration in your life, so it'll motivate you to do something good about it. And I actually handed over the worship team to that guy because, boy, did he run with it. He did awesome. And a lot of some of the best decisions were that way. It was just identifying an area that God had frustrated them and an area that they were excellent at and put two, two together. It just made a whole lot of sense. I think a lot of you here are looking at America and you're frustrated and you've got this area of excellence and God's calling you to do something about it. But what is the question? And, or maybe you feel like, you know what, but hold on a minute. And I just, I just want to say, like, I got this word and I really do. I do feel like it's a prophetic word. I believe it's a prophetic strategy for the state of America today and a lot of people. Um, and it comes from Jonah because recently a friend of mine was uh, just sharing with me, uh, you know, how God was ministering to her through the story of Jonah. And, you know, if you don't know some of the backstory between Nineveh, very wicked city, very sinful city, they did not like, especially Jonah, did not like uh, the Ninevites very much. And so part of the motivation for him running and getting swallowed to the big fish was just simply because of his own prejudice. Secretly, he didn't want to deliver a word of warning to them. Why? Well, he kind of wanted God to get rid of the problem, like smite them. Like I'm done dealing with them and their wickedness. Why are you kind to them? Why would we warn them? You know, it made, and so he ran and he found himself in the belly of a big fish we say Jonah and the whale. I think it's just a big fish is what the Bible says. But nonetheless, it just simply comes down to him being squished. I'm like, put yourself in his place for a second, right? You are swallowed by a giant fish. You are hearing the gurgling of his belly and squeezed in tight. And I don't know if any of you have been stuck in a really tight space and felt that anxiety that rises up as you start to hyperventilate and freak out. Imagine the level of brokenness when he finally said, okay, God, whatever you want, just rescue me from this deep. And then how grateful he must have been like a new man when he got spit up on shore and realized he gets to live as he runs to Nineveh to warn them as God told him. And here's the crazy part. They actually did repent and they changed and God forgave them. And the weird part is Jonah, at the end of the story, doesn't rejoice that God saved him. He goes on top of a hill and throws a hissy fit that God didn't smite all the sinners. Why didn't you punish them, God? Why don't you give them what they deserve? 
They deserve it. Look what they've done to your people. Look at all the bad sins they've created. And I feel like if we don't guard our hearts in these times, that will be us against the world. Look at what they've done to America. Look what they've done to my country. But Lord, they're left and I'm right or I'm right and they're left. And what about all the wickedness? And an unguarded heart is really an open door for the enemy. Here's the deal with Jonah. Just a few days later, a few few. A short time earlier, he was in the belly of a whale, just as sinful, unrepentant. And in that brokenness, he cried out from God and God saved him. Jonah's story was that he was really no different than the Ninevites, just a little time later. And when he had forgotten in the indignation of sitting on that hill and hoping God would climb through, would, would smite them all, was that that's not what he wanted when he was wrong. I remember crying out for God and begging for God to do something with the mess of my life. And here's what I have. I know I have a hope and an eternity. If everything goes south for me, I will wake up on the other side of glory and have no regrets. None. But they don't. And that's what God knows. So before we get too frustrated with the enemy, and I hope you are frustrated. I hope you're ready to do something about it. But the strategy I want to give you is grace of God. The grace of God is what changed you, and it's what will change the world. We think smiting and flexing of power and beating is going to be the, the, the way to change them. And listen, I'm not against God being the strong man, but I'm going to leave that to God. I'm going to proclaim the grace of God that I needed in my mess. And that's it. Nothing deeper or more profound than the simple grace of God because the grace of God is a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. The grace of God is the ability to change and it's the humility that you have that the Bible says gives grace. He said he gives grace to the humble. So if you want grace, be humble, be low of heart and be generous with grace too because that's what's going to change this world. That's the winning strategy. I'm glad you're frustrated and I'm glad you're excellent in what you do. But if you have those two winning combos, the third key to success is the strategy of God, not your own, his. And God is speaking grace. It's his message. Let him be the one that declares judgment on the world. and Let us love, love them with the same love that we were shown in our sin. So I love you guys. And if you've come this far, then know this. I've got a word I'm getting ready to release. It's the next one. And um, I just want to build up some anticipation for it because um, it's really, to me, one of the, this word I keep reading going, wow. Like it's one of the deepest, most profound words that God's given me. And so tune in for it. Be excited about it. If this is something that might minister to a friend, share it with them. And um, I hope you're blessed in remembering grace today. I love you. You take it easy.